What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the world's smartest podcast network. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento. Some say the news is fake. Others say it's real. These two don't have the time to check. Instead, Turner Sparks and Michael Ira Kaplan turn to comics stationed around the globe to be their eyewitness reporters so that you can know what's really going on. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 311. My name's Turner Sparks. I am Mordechai Ben Yehuda. Salam Aleichem, everybody. Wow. <laughs> you can find me at turnersparks.com, at turnersparks on Instagram. I'm putting up new videos all the time, new stand-up comedy videos. Here, watch me do stand-up. You can find uh, Mordechai Ben Salam, Salam Aleichem, <laughs> at... My dad, Yehuda. Uh, Yehuda! At uh, Cap in America on all social media platforms. Cap in NYC for your real estate needs. He's also a real estate broker, folks. Um, oh, yeah. You can find us at Lost in America Pod on um, Instagram and uh, subscribe. We want to welcome all of our new listeners. We've had uh, the last few weeks a ton of you joining. We went to number one in Ecuador last week, which, if you know, yes. is famous. <laughs> That's the country near the equator that they're famous for the equator. Yeah. And they put us to number one. We've been in the top 10 the last week in Mongolia, in Uganda, in yeah, babe. Ukraine, I believe. We went to the top 10 in Ukraine, all sorts of countries around the world. Peru, Thank you. I believe. Oh, Peru, Belarus. How did I forget Belarus? Kenya. How did I forget Kenya? So that's all. Thank you for all of all the new uh, listeners. Here's how you can help us. Um, go to uh, iTunes and leave us a review and subscribe. Five star rank rating and then write a review write a review the written reviews are what helps us the most it helps other people to find us and tell all your friends hey if you're in peru yeah. turn around down tell somebody you know if you're, <laughs> you're in kenya tell a friend tell if, somebody if you're in yeah. belarus 
You're walking around Belarus. Go, hey, guys, just put your ear pods, put your earbuds in someone's ear on the subway and force them to listen to our show. Um, today, we're talking about yes. something that this could have ramifications for around the world, it, it, uh, for, for the entire world. This is a potential deal for peace and partnership mm. between Israel Saudi Arabia, heard of them, and the United States of America. Um, We have Mohammed Magdi joining us, our Middle Eastern correspondent, stand-up comedian (laughs) Mohammed Magdi, originally uh, from Egypt, currently lives in Hong Kong, tours around the world doing stand-up comedy, will be joining us in just a minute, Kaplan, to talk all about that and if this deal is going to get done and how it's going to get done and what the world looks like after it gets done. But before that, Kaplan... Um, patreon.com slash lost in America. If you are a fan of this show, we have all these new fans now subscribe rate review. Yeah. Yes. Do that all on iTunes, but also throw us five bucks a month. What's that? That's come on. You're rich. That's yeah. In $5, you, uh, we got a lot of rich Ecuadorians. We know they've come in. They've got plenty of money. Five, do- plenty five American of money. dollars. The who's <laughs> who of Ecuador is listening to this right now. They yes. all got cash to burn five U.S. dollars. The dollar's worth nothing these days. Throw us five bucks <laughs> exactly. and five bucks a month gets you. Um, obviously, this show, it also gets you mm-hmm. our weekly. Uh, we do a couple times a week. Lost in the bunker show. It's just me and Kaplan talking about our lives. Last week, guess what happened in Jersey City, New Jersey? I watched a guy pull a gun on a homeless dude. Yes, you described in great detail. Uh, he was a, a witness to a near murder. I was the first person on the scene. I yeah. was watching it as it was going down. But uh, you will get that full story if you listen to Lost yeah. in the Bunker. Only available Patreon.com/slash Lost in America. Five dollars a month gets you that show. Ten dollars gets you a T-shirt. Twenty dollars gets you an ad once a month right here on this show. If you own um, a bakery in Kenya. Why not? We'll advertise it right here. 20 bucks a month for any business. All right, Kaplan. Now let's get to the show. What what do you know? Okay, so this is a peace deal or not a peace deal. Excuse me. It's just more of like a partnership, right? They're they're proposing between Israel and Saudi Arabia kind of being brokered or facilitated by the United States of America. This feels to me before I let you jump in feels to me like remember when Hulk Hogan and Macho Man finally <laughs> became partners. I, I looked it up. 1987. Joe Biden. They were Is enemies before this. They were enemies. <laughs> it was either you were a Macho Man guy or you were a Hulkamaniac. And yeah. at some point in 87, they said, you know what? We got to take down Andre the Giant. They came together. They shook. They they clasped hands. <laughs> the world went bananas. <laughs> we never thought it was going to happen. That's what's happening right now or could potentially be happening in the next couple months. Go ahead. So, so in your analogy, uh, Joe Biden is Miss Elizabeth and Iran is Iran <laughs> is Andre the Giant. I believe. Iran is Andre the <laughs> exactly Giant. Yeah. And tell the people why it's, this is all happening because they everyone hates Iran, I guess. Well, yeah. So we should back up and just say that for the since Israel was founded in 1948, the entire Arab world was against Israel. This was kind of like a unifying thing. And then we talked about a couple you, years ago, there were the Abraham. What's I that? think most people knew no, that. There part, was the Ab- but go ahead. Yes. Well, no, then there were Abraham Accords and that, you know, we, we discussed that's when UAE and Bahrain and a few other countries made peace with Israel. Jared it Kushner like made kind of a peace joke. in the Middle East. Yeah, it seemed like a bit of a joke because it was these smaller countries and it was Jared Kushner and it was Trump. And 
But now we got like, you know, Biden's involved. We've got Saudi Arabia, who are kind of the biggest, you know, influence in the region. Um, so it seems like a it seems like a much bigger deal. And of course, yeah, as you mentioned, Iran is the big boogeyman that everyone hates. Like your enemy is the enemy is my friend kind of. Deal yes. All right. So joining us and this is going to be a little different. This is more of a roundtable talk about this. Um, uh, we have our good we couldn't friend get any Muhammad. Saudi comedians, I guess. <laughs> Excuse me. I guess there's no such thing as a Saudi comedian, as you're saying. No, it's hard oh, to find a Saudi Arabian comedian yeah. who will speak on the record about all this stuff. Yeah, so yeah. Um, <laughs> we have Mohammed Magdi joining us. Uh, Mohammed, uh, first Hello. of all, welcome to the show. Um, second you. of all, Thank you can tell us time. how we did on that wrap up, but also on that recap. But also, I want to know to start here. Why? So. What we're understanding is there's an issue. Saudi Arabia doesn't like Iran. And they say, we're going to we don't like Iran so much that we're going to become partners with Israel. Now, Kaplan wants he's demanded for that the whole world. Everyone hates Jewish people and everyone hates Israel. And I've said for years, I don't think that's true. I not to offend, but I don't think that just we don't spend all of I don't spend as much time thinking about Israel and Jewish people as Kaplan hopes, yeah. hopes. But um, and this is another point of proof for on my side that the world <laughs> actually likes Jewish people. And he says, no, they don't, because my comedy is based on them not liking Jewish people. And I said, no, 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 no <laughs> we do like you. And he said, don't tell anyone. So anyway, this is another point on my side. Saudi Arabia likes mm. Israel more than Iran. How mm. on earth is it possible that Saudi Arabia likes Israel more than Iran right now? Mohammed? Well, Cap, first of all, just so you know, people might not like you as a person. Don't make it oh. about <laughs> Oh, you had to say it's it that not way. Fair to the rest of I like people. to have an excuse, though. I like to yeah, be able to blame exactly. my people. <laughs> but the whole Saudi Iran thing is, is simply just a, a religious fact. Like, fact? Is that fact? Factures? Like, whatever. The, the Factures. Yeah. Yeah, so basically Saudi is like the Mecca, the literal Mecca for the Muslim, for the Sunni people, and Shia uh, is and Iran is the other capital for the for the Shia people, and they have influence. Like the Shia people are in Iran, and they're also they're in Iraq a little bit, and and Syria and stuff like that. And that's actually Hezbollah is all Shia, for example, and that's what very strong um, segment of the Shia people outside of Iran, and. Um, so yeah, you can just if you want to simplify it, it's basically just like Sunni, Sunni versus Shia thing. Yeah, and so then obviously you're then you you can add the oil the oil layer, mm. uh, which is you know Iran and Saudi are both very rich in oil. So that's where the West come in and try to uh, democratize countries. <laughs> yes, the oil. Is as Turner was saying to me off air, electric cars stink. So the Saudi Arabia is going to be valuable for a long time. Yeah. So is is oil exactly. really is oil the thing? I I rented an electric car on accident in Dallas last weekend. I was doing comedy there. I just wanted a car, but they yeah. gave me the manager special, which they don't tell you. It's like a surprise <laughs> car, but it's ten dollars cheaper. <laughs> but when you get there, you get a surprise car. It turned out the surprise was that it was a hundred percent electric. And then the people yeah. at the rental car company at Thrifty Rental Car, they were like, oh, no, it's easy. You're going to be able to use it. Don't worry about it. Just and they like blah, blah, blah through it. They went yada, yada, yada. It's fine. You're fine. Go ahead. Cut to like the next day. I'm trying to return the car at two in the morning the night before I'm driving all around Dallas trying to find an electric car 
uh, charging station, (laughs) charging point. I finally find one like way out in the middle of Fort Worth, Texas. I'm way out in the middle of nowhere. And it's six hours. It's like going to the gas station. Tesla. (laughs) Well, you just sit there from two in the morning to eight in the morning. Yeah. Charge it. It it was a Kia. It wasn't a Tesla. And Uh, I thought it would be like a gas station where you sit there for five minutes and then away you go. It said, your car will be charged in six hours. I'm like, what the fuck? All night party in Fort Worth. Yeah, I'm like, what are we doing here? So I just returned it. Like a voucher or something? I was like, go have, go fuck yourself. I'm not. No, I'm not doing this. And so I just returned it like uncharged. I charged it for an hour. I got like three percent. So point that's is, why we need peace with Saudi Arabia. The Saudi Arabians are going to be yeah. in power for a very long time. <laughs> Do you, well, be, yeah. So you obviously need allegiances with with the oil rich countries, right? You're never going to not want that. And yeah. uh, if so is, the, is the West represented in the U.S. and Iran are not friends. Saudi uh, had, would, would step in and be like, hey, I still have a lot of oil. So what do we what do we need to do to make you guys like to, to have you continue buying our oil? Right. Yeah, I was under the impression, though, that doesn't it, there's is there oil all around the Middle East or is Saudi Arabia the main place? Do you guys know What's the question again? Is there oil? Not oil in Israel. I'll like, do most much. countries yeah. around the Middle East have oil? Produce oil, or is Saudi no, Arabia? So it's the actually main. the Gulf. No, it's the Gulf countries. So Kuwait. It's basically the Kuwait. Gulf, uh, the Gulf region, whatever yeah, the sea is. is oil. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically any country that is on that Gulf is has a lot of oil. Uh, so it's Kuwait, Saudi. Saudi is just because of the bigger by region, they have yeah. bigger coast. So they have more access to oil, but the whole thing is full of oil. So literally every country around it. Um, so Kuwait, Qatar, Oman, Bahrain, um, Dubai, like United Arab Emirates. So yeah, every country on that coast is full of oil. And uh, to to your point earlier, uh, Cap, uh, Israel, even though he is not rich in oil, but uh, not not rich in uh, in the resources. So try to many different ways to make alliances with countries that are trying to get access to the Mediterranean and stuff like that. So recently they've had a deal where Egypt extracts, uh, we extract, we as in Egypt extract our gas, give it to Israel so they can sell it back to us by, for 10 times the price. So, you know, <laughs> Wait, what? the natural gas, yeah. there's natural gas. That you're natural gas. Yeah. That sounds like a bad deal. Uh, <laughs> Why did you yeah, make that deal? Been, well, I've been doing it for years and years. It's just part of it's part of just like not being. If an Arab dictator wants to not be toppled in a U.S.-backed uh, democratization process, you have to agree to this. You have to agree to basically sell your oil for or sell your gas or whatever to Israel for much cheaper than the actual like market price. And then when you do need it for your own country, you buy it back from Israel. Hmm. I don't know Jeez. anything about that, actually. That's good, good deal. What a deal. Uh, well, was that no, part well, of the... Mubarak, Mubarak was on trial for that for years. Uh, it's just like, it's his regime was, and we had a big scandal about it because one of his, whatever, close alliances, you know how it is, like usually the politician is not like signing his name and everything. So one of his close alliances, uh, both of them are now dead. Uh, but close, like, his name is Hussein Salim and he had a, they're not dead, they're both old. Mubarak died. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, That's scandalous. Uh, so that guy, Hussein Salim, had a company called whatever, blah, blah, East 
uh, oil, and that was on trial in Egypt because he was selling the natural gas to Israel for below market price. Mm. Uh, like you would even like even for the same like for the market price, you can sell it to other countries, and it was just it just bananas. And there was obviously a lot of commissions going back, like kickbacks into the Mubarak family and all all of that. Senator Bob Menendez must have been involved, but anyway. <laughs> uh, he is back on he's back on the news in Egypt now because he is uh, on trial again. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. You know, but yeah, that's yeah. off topic. But the senator of New Jersey is involved in a big yeah. scandal with the Egyptian government. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I do know that he. They were giving him gold bar. They were bribing him with gold bars, which is literally really old, gold. Old world. He had like a hot Egyptian wife who like her girlfriend, and she got him into this. But yeah. Uh, let's all right. Let's get yeah. back to this though. So what? So during yeah. this, yeah. I mean, if this actually goes through, and this is what's extremely interesting to me. So we've established. I think another reason, Kaplan, you had told me that um, China had somehow brokered a deal, right, between, between Iran and Saudi Arabia. They they had. I had read that they had stopped talking for years. They had like mm-hmm. no no were diplomatic relations, and I guess China last year brokered a deal where Iran and Saudi Arabia resumed diplomatic relations a little. So the U.S. My understanding is needs to get some influence again in the region. Yes, so it's an influence tug of war, right? Yes. <laughs> so then the U.S. was like, "Well, we don't want you to be the one who brokered. If you brokered a peace deal, we're going to broker a war deal." And <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. And yeah. so then the U.S. gave is now now the way this deal seems to stand right now, which is so interesting to me, is. In exchange, I guess, for what the U.S. is getting out of this is just more influence in the region. And what they're giving up is nuclear secrets and nuclear uh, uh, like whatever capabilities to Saudi Arabia. We will be giving Saudi Arabia would be allowed to have a civilian nuclear. Uh, Yeah, I don't know know how much based on no information. I don't know how much with that. Like would would these capabilities go? Like I don't know how far they will go. And I I would say comfortably that they wouldn't go anywhere because they're not gonna give a country that can very easily nuke Israel a bunch of nukes or nuclear capabilities. It's just not gonna happen. Well, that's what I thought was interesting about it is that uh, Israel's had nukes for a long time, and Saudi yeah. Arabia never said we need nukes because Israel has nukes. They're yes. essentially saying to America, you've given up. You're not going to stop Iran from getting nukes. You've sort of given up on that. So, exactly. so you have, need to at least give us nukes and give us like a NATO-like defense uh, like agreement. That you're, that's basically what they're saying to America. We did, we'll we did skip Israel over that part. Sorry, Cap. Yeah. I think yeah. we did skip over that part, though. That I, the, A big part of this is that Iran has, is now building not only this thing with China, but they're also building these nukes. Or did, I, I don't know if we talked about that or not. It's well, they've the had they had the nuclear deal under the Obama administration. They froze it, and then it. Yeah. It, but it's yeah, they're building nukes. They're gonna. So they're nukes. building nukes. So because <laughs> they're building nukes, Saudi Arabia says we want to build nukes. They went to America and they said, "Give us your nuclear capabilities." America said, "Okay, create a pact with Iran with with Israel, and we will." And now mm. it seems like here we are, um, Kaplan. What do you? So M- MBS, Mohammed bin Salim, you know him. He's the guy who chopped up Shout Jamal out. Khashoggi. Bin <laughs> what? Bin Salman, not bin Salim. Oh, sorry. Bin Salam. Yeah, yeah. He chopped up Jamal Just Khashoggi. Say. You know him. Uh, <laughs> not personally, but yes. The Washington you were, you were Post the hit. writer. And yeah. he now is saying that if uh, this deal is going to happen, he would want Palestine, the region, to get some concessions from israel 
right? Yeah, and that's sure. where it gets complicated because Israel's government right now is not the type that's going to be in the mood for concessions. But well, that's that's yes, that's very obvious. Israel government is as right as it as it, it has been for <laughs> ever, yeah, yeah. Exactly ever, pretty much, which is not great for anybody to negotiate with them because they're not going to give concessions to the Palestinians. But also, Saudi is also doing this not because it's like in the the best interest for the Palestinian people. They're doing this also to gain more influence. So there is now two sides. Everyone is fighting, right, in a way. So Saudi is actually fighting for influence, fighting with the UAE, who now who gets to lead the Middle East. The reason being, Egypt is the historical like kind of figure that has always been the head of negotiation or in the middle between the Palestinian Israelis, the Palestinians, Israelis, and the U.S., and, and even between the Palestinians and, and Israel and like Lebanon or something. It's always been hosted in Egypt. That's why the Arab League is still in Egypt. Now, because of the sheer just mental, bad, like badly, very bad mismanagement from the current regime, that role is now gone because Egypt has been borrowing money from the Gulf from the last for the last 10 years. So much money that the, now the Gulf is like, well, we've been lending you money. And the president went on record and said, if it wasn't for the money that we got from the, our brothers in the Gulf, this country would have collapsed. So they're like, oh, well, great. You're clearly not in a position to lead anymore. So we will be the leaders. But then the, the Emiratis and the Saudis both want to be the leaders which is why there is this thing where they're racing who normalizes relationships with the, with Israel more, because that would mean that the U.S. likes you more and they will make you a leader. So that's what's happening. But what do you actually get for leading the Arab League then? Like, what is you the, know, just, the prize? Just the, the we, cachet? We, we, Arabs, we Arabs are all about ego. It doesn't matter uh. if there is an actual prize. <laughs> we just want... We just want to be the guy. Because I get it if you're if they're leading the league to fight Israel, because that's cool. You're leading a no. war, but if you're leading no, it, no. But Kaplan, peace, then, I, yeah. I sort of get it. You want to be the one that's connected to the U.S. Like you want yes, everything to correct. run through you. So now you're exactly. brokering deals because you have the ear of Joe Biden and they don't, right? Or whoever right, the next right, president okay. is, you know, Trump next or whoever. <laughs> I'm sure Trump uh, really is going <laughs> to honor the. Yeah. Uh, Trump goes to the normal channels for everything for yes. Ron DeSanctimonious yeah. or whatever. Uh, so it's, yeah, but that is wild though, that it's flipped to where now everybody wants to be, it's a competition to be friends with the U S and with Israel. Um, what, where did Iran go? So why, why is Iran going the other way? Iran, excuse me. Why are they going (laughs) the other way? Um, I didn't mean to go George Bush. Iran is going the other way because Iran is still holding on to the idea that Israel is the enemy. Right. Israel uh, saying Well, but Israel but here's, here's the crazy part. Israel is also the enemy for everyone around there. Right. Including like it's just it's just the regime that is different. So if which is why also the US needs to make sure that everything close anywhere close in the vicinity of Israel is controlled by a regime that is supported like that is normalizing relationships otherwise it's a big problem because if you let the people just do whatever there is no israel tomorrow right 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 the, the people yeah. don't support like you're saying that the countries are all in charge in, in making these deals but the actual people don't support israel more no, than the actual people israel. don't no, support it they and, might even support and, less <laughs> and i would say for for like you know as someone someone from the people i understand that too it's not because israel is the enemy blah 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 it's because 
of the, and I think I might have mentioned this on an earlier episode with you guys, Israel has been still, so think about it as like someone who moved into a place and this is obviously an oversimplification, but if you move into a place and, you know, you keep fighting with your neighbor or whatever, and you just both keep fighting and then everyone else has a choice around you, the other neighbors, either to be friends with you, if they see that you're right, or if they see that you're a bully, they're gonna not going to hang out with you. And that's what's happening with the average person is that they're seeing that there's a bully and they're like, well, this, these guys are dicks. They just keep beating up the other guys all the time. We don't want to. We don't want to deal with them, right? Yeah. In even general, if we know that, yeah, in general, yeah. Exactly. No, and I was. I was thinking like of. A, I was thinking about this over the weekend because it was Yom Kippur, which I don't. Which was the Jewish holiday, and I don't know if Turner. There, there was the fiftieth anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, which is like the last major war Israel had with all of the. You know, the Egypt obviously being the number one country. Yeah, and I was thinking about like that generation when everybody went in. Like that was the war. The war that. Israel claimed closest to losing. So this would all be a different conversation if yeah. it turned out a little differently. But like at that point, I wonder if people for a little bit of time didn't see Israel, like viewed Israel more positively in a way then, whereas now the younger generation has come up with this because the Palestinian issue wasn't as big of an issue then. Correct. So I now, think you're yeah. right. There was an opportunity back then after the Yom Kippur wars and all of that, like from the 1967 to 1973, that's when it was really bad because Israel was on the offensive trying to gain as much territory around it as possible. That's when they occupied Sinai, that's when they occupied the Golan in in Syria, and that's when they occupied bits of of Lebanon as well. And then obviously the Arabs pushed back. Then there was a good opportunity around the Camp David agreement uh, when you could have been like, okay, guys, everyone just hold on to what you have right now. Everyone is happy. And it's one of these things, like the best case scenario out of this is like, no one is happy. That's the best mm. case scenario. Yeah. But right now, Israel is happy, has been happy since then. Of course. Right. Cause might- Israel was a much poor. Yeah, that's true. Cause like, Israel back then was like, not people think of it as this like rich modern country. It is now back yeah. then it wasn't back then. It was a very relatively poor country compared to like America. Correct. So and and since then, economically, Israel's thrived as it's like become more of a pariah nation to other. I'm speaking. But uh, so, yeah, a lot of Israelis are happy in the sense that they're comfortable, like with the, you know, so it's it's become a tough. The Palestinian issue is a tough is become almost impossible to solve, basically. So that's the thing we're getting at. Like we're almost are we almost moving past that in a way? Like, let me jump in here. I mean. I just have a question for both of you. Do you think that the way to solve the the Palestinian issue was it it seeming to me as a very outsider perspective that it was never going to be solved and will never be solved through peace, through everybody saying, hey, let's just do the right thing. And (laughs) Israel, you know, let's let's leave and let you know, you get it on Tuesdays. I get it on Saturdays, like like a marriage or something. (laughs) Um, like a divorce. Jerusalem. That's a great idea for Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah, it is a good idea for Jerusalem. You get Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Friday. We get it on our Sabbath. You get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so that seemed to be never yeah, the issue like when you when you hear. Yeah, it, it just feels like it was. It's always going to be solved by ruthless people who are acting in their own self interest, and maybe they stumble onto it, and maybe we've stumbled onto it. Maybe Netanyahu and MBS. Uh, are uh, so s- kind of inter- like self-interested and money. Like there's, yeah. if, if there's enough money behind it, anything can happen. And 
Right now, if Joe Biden, which seems bizarre to me, but if he's genuinely offering to nuclearize Saudi Arabia, um, maybe MBS goes, yeah, screw it. Then if I can get nukes, um, I'll I'll be on your side, Israel. And then maybe Netanyahu's saying, yeah, if we can get access, if we can get another gigantic, like basically the biggest other partner in the Middle East, then I'll give up a little bit of Palestine, of the Palestinian land back or something. Or is that insane? Well, here, yeah, well, it's not insane, except that the concession that would make sense for the Palestinian people, and it's not something I am proposing. It's something that like every time this conversation comes up, they always say the same thing, by the way. The Palestinian demands have never changed, pretty much. They have always been the borders be, be, be before 1967. Has right. always been that, and, and that was, was the, the Saudi Arabia, the Arab Peace Initiative, right? Like in two thousand and two, correct. They said like we'll make peace with Israel if, and they go back to the pre sixty seven borders, essentially, right? Correct. Yeah. That's exactly it. And this is, and knowing you know, as again, just one of the people, not a politician and not related to the politician, nothing will happen in this case as a serious improvement as long as the this is not on the table. Now, Israel on the other side says this will never be on the table. And this is why we're here. Right. But, but and, what if, and, what? sorry, let yeah. me just jump in. What if, if Palestine is starting to one by one lose partners in the Middle East, um, I'm talking about governments, not talking about the people, but the government partners, if they're losing support from all these countries because the countries are now siding with Israel and the US, then doesn't their bar, does their bargaining power become smaller and smaller? Or that's, as long as they this have is where Israel, yeah. willing, as long as they have terrorist organizations or freedom fighters or whatever you want to call them, willing to just throw rocks uh, over, you know, into the other side, then then they can they still have power. You already answered your own question. It's because Palestine does not have friends in the Middle East anymore because everyone is acting out of self interest. I mentioned this on this podcast before. Is Palestine's worst enemy, in my opinion, is Egypt right now because yeah. they have consistently closed the borders on the Gaza. No matter how much they're getting hounded by the Israeli side, we they are we are literally our the only escape at points. And I'm not saying open up the borders, let them all move to Egypt. I'm saying you know even sometimes when there is airstrikes, raids, you know schools getting blown up and everything and people are on the border dying and we're supposed to open up the borders as per the treaties to let them get treated in Egypt. Uh, we don't open up the borders sometimes because sometimes we just, Israel goes, no, don't open it now. And we have, we don't have our own will anymore because we're too weak. Has, hasn't Jordan been a close second though, as far as not a friend of the Palestinians as well over the years? I mean, they've, but that's, that, that's the point. Like <laughs> Palestine, Palestinians don't really have friends right now. So it's one of these things like how much worse can it get? And with, this is why the terrorists come in because the terrorists are like, Hey guys, we can do something. You guys are fucked anyway. Well, that's so yeah. well just trying. And that's the thing. Like the, I feel like the, from our perspective, like my perspective, the, the, uh, in the Arab countries for many years, like wanted to have the Palestinians a cause to kind of deflect from their yes. own. So they paid lots of money, you know, Palestinians still in many in Lebanon and other, and they live in like, they call them technically refugee camps. They've been 70 year old refugee camp, you know, like, yeah. and they could have with all the money and the Lebanese, yeah. And they could have like been put into their societies, you know, and, but they didn't want, and maybe the, not to say the issue would go away, but at least the part of the right of return issue, which is another complicated negotiation. Uh, people wouldn't want to move back if they actually were part of a, a country, you know. So, 
But the Arab countries have always wanted this kind of issue to be there to kind of stoke people's hatred for the West, hatred for, you know. So now they're kind of trying to turn it around and they're saying, no, no, no. Now we're friends with the West. Now we want to yeah. be friends with Israel. So I can understand this isn't going to be an easy sell to yeah. both because like we, I think I read 2% of Saudis support normalizing or young Saudis support normalizing relations with Israel. Obviously, it's not a democracy, but, you know, it's uh, it's not going to happen overnight where people are going to be like, oh, now we love Israel. And we're going to take yeah. care. Of, yeah. So, and I mean, uh, no one, no one doesn't want everyone to live in peace. It just like, as I said, like right now, I think it has to be. We all have to aim for like no one is happy, but like no one is very unhappy. You know. Yeah, and it's and it's Saudi. I guess part of any deal, Saudi Arabia would give a lot of money to the Palestinians. That's part yeah, of the which is again they, maybe it would make them unhappy, which is great. <laughs> you know, you mean? that means they also get to be unhappy like the rest of us. Uh, well, would money mean you give billions of dollars to whoever the government might be, and then the government just pockets it, and now they live in castles? That's or, part of the Palestinian issue, always been. Yes. Yeah. Palestinian I mean, authority. Most, honestly, yes, Arafat was a very rich man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's the way it, it usually works in most places. Um, I went to uh, uh, Cuba one time, and I can tell you that uh, Fidel Castro lives very well in uh, communist Cuba. I mean... Or did. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I left Egypt in 2012, and that you can Google that very easy to verify. One Egyptian pound, one US dollar was about five, between five and six Egyptian pounds. Today, it's about 40 in the black market. Wow. So you're talking about 10 years, basically. And But the, uh, I'm, the point I'm making is that while the economy has clearly tanked because of the current regime, the president, so one of the president's contractors went like basically uh, escaped the country, went to Spain and then became a whistleblower. He went about like how I've been building, like my company has been building palaces for this guy. This guy is fucking nuts. He asked for like crazy, like marbles from like this country, like this, like mi millions and millions of dollars are poured into presidential palaces. And the president went on record when, you know, this blew up really bad. That was like two or three years ago. It blew up really bad. He went on record. He's like, yep, I am building palaces and I will build more because they're not for me. They're for the country. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, it's, and it's the same thing. It's the point exactly what you said. Like, Castro is living really well. Yeah. It's like, and everyone went like, yeah, it's for the country. Can I go? And it's like, yeah. no. No. <laughs> what yeah, but, the fuck yeah you're not building palaces for everyone. Everyone lives in a palace. It's the old Bill Clinton. Everyone exactly. deserves a house. Um, so uh, we got to think. What is the country? Only you. Like, what exactly. is the country? Like, I am the I am the people. Can yeah. I go there? No. If you go in the vicinity, you will have an actual sniper shoot you in the head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that could, be the, that could be the issue. We <laughs> got to take a break, folks. Um, we are part of the world's smartest podcast network. That is us. That is the Majoring in Everything podcast with Dr. Andrea Jones-Roy. That is the Political Orphanage with Andrew Heaton. And uh, you can find all of us at worldsmartestpodcastnetwork.com. Also, um, let's see, what else? Is there anything else to promote? Oh, actually, uh, uh, Muhammad, how can the audience find you? I mean, we're going to take a break in a minute, but we might as well do this now. So they don't have to wait till the end of the episode. What's the best place to follow you? I am at the author Muhammad on Instagram. That's where I am most most active, and uh, I've been posting just like yourself. I've been posting stand up clips and all of that. And as we're recording, uh, I don't know when this will come out, uh, but today, uh, as we're 
Today will come out? Nice. Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I will be touring in Australia. So I'm doing some dates in Sydney and Melbourne. Uh, so you can, if you're listening from Australia, you can go on my Instagram, the other Mohammed, and see all the dates. And there's a link there to my website where there are also the dates and stuff. So yeah, that's what I'm gearing up for. Pretty exciting. Find the other Mohammed, everybody, in Melbourne and Sydney. Find mm-hmm. him there and go check him out. All right, Kaplan. Now, a word from your local sponsor. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, we're back. Thank you, sponsors. Thank you very much. Also, we should have said right there is where if you threw threw in 20 bucks a month, uh, that would have been your ad. We would have been advertising your business. You would have been the sponsor. You would have been the sponsor right there. Um, All right. So, Cap, I want to ask you, because we've talked about the the, uh, Arab side um, here for a minute, but what... If Netanyahu does make this deal and gives back, I don't know, they're talking about like what would have been part of the West Bank or something like that. Now, they said kind of or if he gives any concessions, what I read, if he gives any concessions, um, he'll lose his majority and he won't get reelected. But the other side of that, and here's what I want to ask you, your brother lives in Israel, um, not in the West, not Shout in out. the West Bank. Steve Kaplan. Steve Kaplan. In the lives in the East Bank. Everybody, relax. And uh, well, geography wise, I don't know. West North of the Bank, West Bank, South Bank. I don't know where he lives. He's west of the West Bank. He's in Jerusalem. Yes, anyway, in, uh, point so. is, yeah, yeah, you're right. West of the. Why is the West Bank in the East? I don't know. Is that someone? Is that a hack? The West bit? Bank of the Jordan River. No, yeah. they got to figure that part out. Is that a bit that everyone yeah. does? It, no one. It's, it's all relative, guys. Yeah, it's like, all oh, everything. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so point is. It could he if Netanyahu 
say in this fantasy world, he does give some amount of concessions. He'll, they say he'll lose his majority. He won't get reelected, but yeah. will he pick up the moderates and the others? The, is, there are Israeli people who want all these concessions to happen, right? Will he be, will he it's, be able to gain them and then still stay in office? I mean, it would be a fascinating thing. Cause yeah, that's, he will lose. He's got a very far right coalition. If you have any concessions that even like symbolic ones, he might lose them. I mean, they might, but yes, could he pick up moderates? He could in theory, except the moderates all hate him so much. So that's why he has this government to begin with. So I don't know. Say that again. That's why he has this government to begin with. He has this government to begin with because the moderates like Gantz is I don't need to get into the weeds of the names, but they, they hate him so much that they will, they will probably rather just let it dissolve and go to election. Um, and then on the flip side, like any support he has among um, like, I don't even think American Jews like this deal because American Jews are very like, don't like Saudi Arabia, you know? So it's like, I don't, it's a very interesting deal where like nobody, <laughs> nobody's what if, like really. What if MBS says, I will only uh, like, yes, we lo- thank you for these concessions. Now um, you have to keep Netanyahu in power or else. I don't know, whatever. We blow all this stuff up. What if him and Netanyahu just become best friends and they like, they stick together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that would be so. Well, uh, like good for- dictators are attracted to like the, they prefer other dictators, right? Yes. You have yes. an elected president anywhere in that region. I promise you, he's not going to make many friends. Uh, and I would say that, in, that Netanyahu, Israel in general, I always thought is very bad at, at PR. Which was, you know, we have a lot of good publicists in Hollywood, Jews, you but think? we're not good. Israel as a country is terrible. <laughs> so it would be the ultimate bad PR move if Netanyahu then decides I'm just gonna go become buddies with MBS. That would just be that would just be like a But that's but kind of what he's doing. Yeah. No, and and I don't know, that's where I think that Israelis do like like the Abraham Accords with all these countries have allowed Israelis to travel to all sorts of places they never went to before. Um, it's brought in millions of dollars in tourism money and jobs for both, you know, other, other the countries we've re- I was reading about. So there's definitely a benefit. I do think Israelis would would welcome the idea, like it's this of like being able to you know go to Saudi Arabia. Go, um, they would support it in that level. They do like like nobody likes being a pariah. They do like being it does it is. I, I think that people would like the idea of the deal, but his government, yeah, they can't give any like. They can't give up. I don't know what concessions they could give up that he could sell to his government that they would they, they wouldn't fall apart because it's a okay. very right wing government. And then, yeah. Mohammed, so do you think that, um, you know, from the U.S. side, they're saying, well, like, well, this will be a win for Biden. If you think it's a win for Biden, mm-hmm. they go, it's a win for Biden going into the next election because he's now brokered peace in the Middle East. Right. Peace sure. is now here. Now, from I don't know my uninformed opinion or point of view if you're saying we're going to nuclearize Saudi Arabia, that doesn't sound like peace. And do, do you think this will cause more um, hostility? I guess now you have Saudi Arabia and Israel and whoever else the other partners are. Is every, It's just everyone against Iran or where does it line up? I think, yeah, you're right. I think it will be mostly everyone against Iran, but it's also more like forced peace, which I guess is a form of peace. Like no one can really do anything after this. Yeah. Which is like, okay, Saudi have a bunch of nukes, but they're best friends with Israel. No, the people are not happy for sure. Like the people can be happy with certain liberties that they're given, which I agree with. Like, you know, people like Saudi now is a, a lot more modern. I was actually booked 
to open for Jim Gaffigan in Saudi next month uh, or wow. November. Yeah. What? Yeah. Our buddy Jim Gaffigan. We we just have dinner with performing him. in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Is it, what is he on the Live Golf Tour? Well, the, the tour the tour was Cairo, Dubai, and Saudi. And actually, it, unfortunately, the whole tour got canceled. And his agents managed uh, email and saying like, "Sorry, guys, we we can't do this tour." They didn't give a reason, and uh, that's that's it. But the point is that, re- yeah, I think I know the reason. Um, it's backlash. So yeah, from an American point of view, it's horrible PR to do anything with Saudi Arabia right now. That's uh, so interesting. We, yeah. I mean, the live golf tour ultimately, do you know, do you know about the live golf tour, Muhammad? Mm. So there's like the PGA tour that's Tiger Woods. That's everybody, right? The big the golf, golf tour, professional golf. And golf then um, Saudi Arabia, a couple years ago, started their own professional golf league called live liv and started mm. buying u.s golfers one by one to perform in their sure. league for like and a ton of like way more money than they would make yeah way more they were giving people <laughs> yeah. like a hundred million dollars and phil mickelson was the most popular golfer who went and did it um i think dustin johnson did it as well who's uh um uh, wayne gretzky's daughter is married to him um and tiger woods did not do it but these golfers got like everyone was going out to the events and booing them and screaming at them and saying like yelling Jamal Khashoggi's died so you could golf and stuff like this. And uh, so I would imagine to be totally frank, if that maybe the word got out that Gaffigan was going to Saudi Arabia and his fans Bet. complained or something, but um, which is gets us back to how, difficult of a, of a deal this would be i don't think this would be good press for uh biden right now because liberals in america hate saudi arabia so any saudi arabia deal. is almost it's actually more hated than iran to liberals i believe like they don't really think oh, about definitely it. Yeah. yeah you're right yeah. yeah yeah i think you're right about that it is personally a bummer for me because i had already written my first joke to open on this tour because right before the store Right before the date of the tour, actually, you know, the last show before the Middle East tour was supposed to happen was him co-headlining with Jerry Seinfeld. Sure. So I was going to open with like Jim Gaffigan's. You can tell where his career is going because his last show was with Seinfeld. Now is with me. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like I was just going to make fun of myself and him for booking me. But anyway, it didn't happen. Uh, I I, I what question, Mohammed? Because we talked about Iran and Saudi Arabia. Do you think, like, what is the actual fear from Saudi Arabia with Iran? Like, would they ever actually go to war? Because, I mean, we didn't mention this earlier, but this peace process began about a year ago when Saudi Arabia started letting Israel use their airspace, which yes. they've never done, which is the underlying. If Israel ever is going to do a covert mission to, like, bomb Iran's nuclear facilities, take them out, they have to fly over Saudi Arabia. So they yes. have to so have permission for that. So that was the first. So do. But does Saudi Arabia, like, are they, I know there was those rebels, right? The Houthi rebels, yeah. I guess, who like are Iranian backed who were in Saudi Arabia. Like what was the, like, what's the well, military fear, I guess? Yeah. The Houthis were, yeah, were in, in, um, in Yemen. They still are in Yemen. Oh, and, Yemen, yes. And, yeah. And again, Saudi does not want any Shiite influence around it. So this is why also, and I think I mentioned it in this podcast before, when the, Arab Spring happened in Bahrain. The protests were also Shia people, and Saudis backed the 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 
oppression of the protests there. And it was the most violent of all of the protests in the Middle East, how badly it was crushed. And it was actually by Saudi influence slash backing slash direct uh, intervention. It was really, really, really violent and ugly. And it didn't get much coverage, actually, because Al Jazeera at the time was kind of like one of the main outlets to, to cater the news to the rest of the world. And Al Jazeera was busy trying to take sides in Egypt and and uh, and Tunisia. So they didn't really bother covering Bahrain. But it was very bad. But the point is that, yeah, Saudi does not want Shiite influence anywhere around it. So whatever it is, it's going to crush it. So it's influence. Uh, okay. Yeah, it just influences, I think. Right. And Iran is- obviously is... Uh, sorry, where is Al Jazeera, Al Jazeera based? It's Qatar. It's in Qatar. And then, okay, so do their, um, I know they're independent, but like, you know, uh, as we know, no, there's no media that's like unbiased. No, 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 wait. So Al Jazeera is not independent, not even yeah. official. Al Jazeera is funded by the Qatari government. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is official. Oh, yeah, I yeah. didn't know that. Okay. I thought that there was no, an independent no, news independent. network. Nope. So then is there uh, reporting? Qatar, Qatar itself is a whole other, actually, this can be a whole episode, just Qatar, because Qatar is the only country in the region that actually did not follow what the rest of the Gulf states was doing throughout the whole Arab Spring until now. Qatar sided with the Muslim Brotherhood, and there was a collective boycott of Qatar that only was released, like, that was only, like, solved, like, two years ago. None of the countries, Qatar was, at some point, was, Qatar Airlines was not flying over the Gulf airspace. That's how bad it was. It was completely, there is another word, stop, what is the word? When you, uh, everyone just ignores you. Like, um, you're banned or you're uh, shunned? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of shunned or banned, but there is a different word that they use in the news. So anyway, okay. and that's because Qatar decided and used Al Jazeera to actually defend the Muslim Brotherhood. Sometimes rightfully, a lot of the times not rightfully. Uh, but everyone else is like, yo, just get in line. You're a tiny country. Why are you doing this? And they're like, nah, 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 we're gonna, we're gonna. So Al Jazeera was not so <laughs> it's interesting. We didn't know anything about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but now they're back in line. So who cares? <laughs> Which again, it was never about the cause. It's just about your interest. Because for the longest time, Al Jazeera was openly shitting on like how the, the current president, for example, in Egypt is you know, corrupt and he's like killed the Muslim Brotherhood and he's like a killer and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they had just like, after everyone just made peace again, and they had just given, Qatar had just given Egypt like a million dollars, like however million dollars in loans again, because Egypt is just like going around begging everybody. But because we were fighting with them, we didn't take much money from them. Now it's like, oh shit, a new guy. Let's get more. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. <laughs> what? So, what do people think of MBS in the region? It's, yeah. So in America, he's like an ultimate villain, right? But what is he? Yeah. Well, again, for our people, he is. For our government, he's. They all work with yeah. him. That was the craziest thing and he about the like him before that. The craziest yeah. thing about the Live Golf Tour was that everyone was shaming these golfers for taking money from the Saudi government. Meanwhile, our own government works with him all the time, and no one was shaming them. Well, the thing with him, which is more of a personal opinion than anything, and I, when I spoke to Saudi friends before, when the whole, like, when him, when the push to open things up really happened, I caught up with Saudi friends just to kind of get, like, their perspective on the ground. That was, like, four or five years ago or whatever. 
So now it's more of a personal opinion than anything. I think he's a complicated character because he is doing a lot of good things. And I know now I'm saying that being very mindful that this sounds like I'm about to say something really good about someone who's horrible. Hmm. Right. It's always like, Oh, he's doing relative. Really we know that like, yeah, most of the leaders are not yeah. good people. But, genu- but genuinely a lot of the measures he took are really good measures for the people. Because for example, I w- th- this is something that I, I personally witnessed. I was in business trip in Saudi Arabia around 2014 or 15. And back then, the the, the the religious police were still legal. Uh, and I've seen it myself because actually I was working in restaurants at the time doing inspection on chain restaurants. And at the time when the prayer was happening, you actually have to close the door and kick all the customers out because no business is allowed to happen during, this is only less than 10 years ago. Right. The funny thing is like, I didn't know because I was a foreigner. I'm, I'm, I caught up pretty quickly what was happening. And then the staff explained to me that like, we just shut the door and then like we smoke cigarettes inside. No one is even drinking. No one is uh, praying. I mean, no one's praying. Like, it's just close the blinds. <laughs> exactly. Just close the blinds. You just smoke cigarettes 10 minutes and then everyone comes back. Point is he, MBS realized that actually one of the worst, like, like the worst reputation about Saudi is that kind of religious police. And he just outlawed them. And that was a good thing because I, I saw it myself firsthand that the people were very annoyed because dude, if you're, if they want to pray, they will pray. If they don't want to pray, you're not going to force them. And I've seen yeah. it. People just going like, in fact, it was actually almost the opposite reaction when people who were kind of religious now are just annoyed by these guys and not praying just out of spite. Right, out of spite. That's what I would do. It's like, exactly. You ever meet the non Mormons in Utah, like hate Mormons and <laughs> right. Cause but everywhere like- else around America, we don't hate them or like, which just, they just kind of exist. We don't have an opinion one way or the other, but for the, the, the non religious exactly people in Utah, they say, if you ever perform, you stand up in Utah at a comedy club, the Mormons don't, yeah. won't come most likely won't come to They'll the show rip on Mormons. So the easiest move is you just like the hack moves. You just rip on Mormons and everybody loves you. And then like, away <laughs> you go. Right. Right. So yeah, he outlawed, he, he outlawed that, that religious police. We call them an honorable Maruf or Nahi Al-Munkar, long name, but it yeah. basically is like, you know, religious police that would like go and like spank you if you have long hair or, you know, whatever. Jeez. Well, but he also, he, uh, he also let women drive, right? Which, well, yeah, is that's, this, that's is this a good getting, thing or a bad thing? Are we, are we, that's what I was getting to. All know. right, fucking, you're st- you're turning to like an '80s comic. Are women driving now? Is that good? I mean, my my wife has never driven, so I, I don't. I, yeah. I, she thinks we're in Saudi Arabia in my household, but, but has Randy never driven a car? Like, I mean, no, she'll drive if we're like out on the highway with like nobody around. But I do all the driving when there's actual traffic. That's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, that's a cool thing. As as part of him, as for the push of him modernizing the country and stuff, he has done a lot of good things. Yeah. But he's also a fucking killer, yeah. right? Like, and this is, you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Like, gonna yes, do women it's a, it's are now a tough driving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> women are now driving, which is objectively cool, and uh, you can uh, probably see like Formula One whatever when you don't have to fly to another country seat as a saudi who is a fan of formula for example that's cool it's here now that's really exciting and the religious police are not annoying me about like you know uh, wearing uh, shorts on on the street that's also cool yeah but in that in the ascend he also crushed everybody mm. under like no des- the no opposition to the point that you guys probably heard of the story like years ago when he could he got 
all the billionaires, like the multi-billionaires of the country and put them in the Ritz-Carlton mm-hmm. for weeks, basically as a shakedown. Yeah. And he was like, everyone get in line. And he shook them down for like whatever the amount is, a stupid amount. At least it was and the Ritz. Was- <laughs> huh? At least he put them in a nice hotel. Yeah, yeah. He put them in the Ritz and it was also like a stupid amount, but that was also being like, hey, I'm the only dick in this town. Like this is no one else. No one has any say in this anymore. Does his father have, what is this? His father is just, is symbolic. His he's just father, like old. Yeah, he's just old and senile. Because I read like, that his father would like never stand for making peace with Israel, but I guess he doesn't have any. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have any. He doesn't have any. Any. anymore. No, he doesn't. So, and MBS. They won't even tell him. They won't even tell him it's it happens. crazy. And MBS is literally like 34, 35 years old, which is nuts. To yeah. like rule like one of the richest Millennial. countries in the world. Yeah. That's Gen. That's Gen Z. He's a Zoomer. He's Gen Z. Yeah, we wouldn't even <laughs> allow him to be president. He's not even thirty-five. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you have to be why. thirty-five in America to be president. But in reality, you have to be seventy-eight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> double that. Yeah. Good point. Nice. Yeah. What? Uh, so, what do you guys think? Let's end here, um, and you can go one by one from your perspective. Uh, Mohammed, you take the Middle East perspective. Kaplan, you take the Israel perspective. Do take- you think that this? will happen that this that this deal factoring in all the issues um do you think it'll happen uh cap you go first yeah no i think it's gonna happen because uh there's a lot of real politic involved these people are very uh, pragmatic it seems like they're pushing towards it the israeli foreign minister uh, one of the israeli like the travel minister was the highest ranking israeli to ever set foot in saudi arabia set foot tourism. yesterday yeah so it seems like it's tourism mystery yeah big big deal big get uh, it seems like it's going to happen. It's, it is on all joking aside, exciting from a Israeli perspective, I guess that making peace with Saudi Arabia, it's wild. Um, I wanted to, maybe Muhammad can answer this because my dream is of a day, not just of peace in the middle East. We all want peace in the middle East, but I dream mm-hmm. of a day when Israel will be allowed to compete in soccer in the uh, middle East region. So they have a chance to make the world cup because they have to be in <laughs> Europe right now because they, yeah. the Arab countries will never play them. So if you, if you ever see like a sumo wrestling match, or some random international event when Israeli makes it against an Iranian or something, they'll just forfeit and the Israeli make it all the way to the finals if they get the right draw. <laughs> so, so I dream of a day in soccer though, when Israel can be in the, in the middle East region, can that happen with it, with this deal, Mohammed? And <laughs> I, I think it's actually, you're saying this jokingly, I imagine. And this is actually yeah, a little bit of truth. Yeah, no, no. What I'm saying is that like what the, your dream is actually could be much closer than you think. Because in the push of the normalization with the, with the relationships with Israel, everything goes. And if you're talking about football as like something that is so far-fetched, it's actually not. Like, it's just a matter of time. But here's a problem. As I said earlier, this can officially happen. The governments can force, you know, the people or the national teams to compete against Israel because that's the government. They're making the call. But the people are never going to be happy. And every single time there is, because sometimes we do compete on like, you know, Olympic level or whatever, you know, it can be like an Algerian player, like a wrestling player against an Israeli player. And every time it happens and, you know, an Arab player wins, it's such a big deal. And it's not because they won, it's because they beat the Israeli guy because that's what the people want. Right. It's good. It's the ultimate heel. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that should well, be yeah, like, th- that's, they should have a Middle East version of Harlem Globetrotters where um, they just <laughs> they like the, 
you know, like an Israeli team just goes around like they're like the gen- Washington Generals. They're Washington they just get Generals. Paid yeah. to just go lose everywhere. It would be so popular. Omri, Omri Kasper can play in that team. You would sell out stadiums. <laughs> yeah. But Muhammad, do you think uh, this deal can happen? What do you think? I, I think it will happen. It's not a matter of uh, is going to happen or not. It will happen. In in the in the push for for normally like for MBS to basically, I mean, he fucked up obviously by by killing Gamal uh, Khashoggi. Yeah. So now he's also like whatever. Like he wants to gain that. He just did an interview with like the New York Times or whatever as well. One of the sixty minutes, which whichever one of them, and he's yeah. like on a big PR push um, to. Uh, yeah, be like, hey guys, do you like me again? And, and he liked. The, he had a good wait, thing, wait, wait, but did cool he? Cool young. The question is, when he did the interview, did he then kill them after the interview? Or are they? Are they, <laughs> are they Funny still enough, alive? he actually. He's like, he I promise, I'm a good and, guy now, but you are gonna die. Yeah, I haven't killed thing. a journalist in five years. <laughs> yeah, uh, when he was asked about it, he just said like the bullshit of like, oh, there some guys who are kind of out of line. And we totally put them in trial, and we are mm. a country that respects the law, and blah blah blah. And it's like actually, I, I'm pretty sure reports out of Saudi saying that these guys are not just like not even like there is a sham trial going on, sure. but like these guys are literally just walked like nothing happened actually. Yeah, and I I would say so- from if I if I'm allowed to take uh, I mean Kavlin, we can both take the American perspective, but you I guess take we can Gentile have- side. You know, <laughs> I, I'll take the Gentile side, um, the Gentile. Um, uh, yeah, I, I would say the if Biden. I, it's, I think it's going to be one of those stories that Americans are very self-centered and pretty ignorant to the world. And so that's why I think this deal will happen, because I think for mm-hmm. a day or two, these like far left liberals, uh, the Joe Schaefer types will hate shout out uh, they'll hate biden and then but then two days later they'll figure out who to cancel next and you know somebody will have said the wrong thing in the news and th- that'll be the new enemy so they're the enemy of the left doesn't last long they kind of chew you up and spit you out within a day or two and then they have to get their next news story in so biden Yes, they will hate him for a couple of days for have made a deal with Jamal Khashoggi, but then they'll move on. And my evidence of that is the Live Golf Tour that I keep going back to about a couple months ago partnered with the PGA. So that oh, yeah. Live Golf Tour doesn't exist okay. anymore. They merged with the PGA and these people who were previously boycotting and protesting Live Golf are not they don't care anymore. They're not protesting the PGA. It's literally the same company. Now it's just bigger and they've kind of moved on with their lives. So I think that Biden probably his advisors know that and they know they'll hate us for a couple of days and then they'll be fine. And you make a good point because the, the, the left, it's almost like what unites Israel and Saudi Arabia is this like left wing worldwide hatred, but dislike, but I think Biden doing it adds legitimacy. Like if Trump did this, it would just going hand in hand with all that. It just would be like, Oh, this is such a shady deal. Israel, Saudi Arabia, Trump. But with yeah. Biden doing it is the only way to make this actually because Biden came into office calling Saudi Arabia a pariah. So Biden actually making this deal. It's like when Nixon went to China kind of thing. Like it's yeah. And it the other might make it like a real deal that actually carries some weight. And the other thing is like Biden is old. He's incredibly old. So yeah. I know he wants to get reelected, but it comes down to do you want to get reelected or do you want to do something that could change the world? You know? This it's yeah. a gigantic yeah. deal. So it's like historically in the history books, 
you'll go down as the guy who did it. You might lose the next election, but he might lose the next election anyway. He might be dead by the next election. I mean, he might, you know, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of, he, he might be in a nursing he did home this by the next election. Like <laughs> anything could happen. Right. Yeah. So, um, okay. I think we're going to leave it there. That was great. Muhammad, thank you for doing the show. Everybody go see, go, go, uh, check out the real, the real Muhammad on, um, Instagram. The other Muhammad. No, no. The real Muhammad will get me in trouble. It's the other Muhammad. Other oh, the Muhammad. other Muhammad. Not the real Muhammad. Excuse me. Excuse you'll me. Get him, you'll get him killed. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> the ultimate cancellation. <laughs> yikes. 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 The other Muhammad on Instagram. Yes. Um, yeah. Please don't get in trouble. And goes, I didn't mean that was on purpose. And go see him in, in Australia, Kaplan. That's it. What should we do? You should follow me at the other Moses. And in the meantime, <laughs> I'm the other get Jesus. Lost. Shalom. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.